Hey guys, we had a technical travesty and we lost the first half of episode 10. For now, we give you the conversation we saved, discussing the craft behind the presentation of our products and much more with graphic and packaging designer Nick Longo of Longo Designs. Episode 10, take two will be coming soon, so you can enjoy more of Nick's backstory and design genius. Welcome to Founders and Friends, the company podcast for Tally Foods, hosted by its founders, Kyle Watts, John Gabizadeh, and Dr. Susan Marie Flugel. I think we should probably be thinking about dialing back versus adding anything more on at this point. We should probably be dialing, dialing back. You can also do a great research with customers and say, what attracted you to buy this when you saw it on the shelf or what, what were the, so we know what the strongest assets are to have on at least the front, you know, and finding those spaces for it. And maybe I like too, where DHA and ARA, no corn syrup, no palm oil are in one line rather than in three big bursts. So there are ways to, I think, efficientize the, what we have, but still keep our, our, our personality. That's that's an evolution there. Yeah, it is. And as I look at this, we say toddler formula twice. Ah, we could have potentially looked to efficientize that. There you go. Because because we say oh organic oat milk toddler formula up top, and then we also have our logo, which is tally toddler formula. You know what's interesting too? I think one of the best things I love to do is go to the clearance racks at Sprouts and Whole Foods, Target, and whatever, and that's where you see brands that just didn't work and. I see a lot of this, what I would almost say in this style, kind of winds up there. Maybe, and and I'm not putting all the emphasis in decision-making on just the packaging design is the one and only thing. Could have been a sale. It could have been, there could have been a coupon, you know, or lack of, so maybe they just didn't have any press and it got lost in the shuffle too. But I'm finding it interesting to see that what fails and what's the com- what are the common threads? And a lot of it is this kind of high trendy minimalist stuff that you see in design things. Like to me, I think if you're pacing a whole wall, this has the chance of looking very generic and almost like maybe like the plain wrapped store ba- brand that's not a real brand. So there's a risk going full minimal and and what someone might say unconventional and i think there's yeah you gotta be really all about whatever you decide yeah and 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 stick with it like sometimes too is when you are presenting to a buyer like you do yeah setting up the the expectation before they actually see it in the slide before it the slide before they see the sample is we've looked and the and i i do this with when we do full-blown you know competitive analysis with clients I will show what that shelf looks like in every store. And it's like, there's a sea of sameness. And then I put ours in the middle and be like, we're going to stand out. That's what we designed it for. So call it whatever you want. Call it butt ugly. If it stands out and it's going to get, it's going to stand out from the competition. Great. Like, I think that's what, but then, then they have their values. They see it differently. They know the, some of the buyers have some of the best insight as what to tell you, you know, but let's say you, I've done this before. You've catered to one buyer because your client wants to get into that particular one and you get in 
And there's four other places you want to get into. And they tell you a different story. So sometimes it's like stick to your guns, tell them why you did this, reveal the, the design and have them understand the value of what you did. And maybe that'll help them sell it in a little bit better too. And they'll realize that's why, yeah. that's why this brand looks like this brand. Yeah, how much... I, I think we do stand out on shelf, especially in the in the infant toddler formula. Bobby only sells online, so they only they only have to worry about shelf presence. But if you go to like a toddler baby formula aisle, and I brought Tally into the store last week and put it on the shelf and looked at it, and I was like, "Yep, this is this can work" because it's so much different than Similac and Pediasure and Gerber, who they all look very clinical and and the same. We, we actually bring some heart and soul with the rainbow and we have a little bit of like um, emotion. There you go. Fun comes through. But then it becomes with infant formula, how, how do moms want that clean cut or do moms want the fun? I, I guess it's going to be that balanced hybrid could be the answer down the road. There's a brand called Else Nutrition that I think we told you about. Mm-hmm. Pull up their website, elscnutrition.com, and they're in about 10,000 stores and they make plant-based toddler formula. I think that their branding is is kind of the, the worst of both worlds, if I may, because it's not a white background, but it's not minimalist. It's a lot of thin type faces. It's hard to really get a vibe uh, for, for the brand. But I'd be curious to hear what you think of, of their packaging. Yeah, they've got a few that have white. They have a few that have like a recycled brown behind it. Then their bag and pouch has a combination of it. To me, they do they do look like like a, I don't know if you're familiar with like brands like Munchkin, uh, baby products that are like toys. They look more like a baby toy manufacturer than appetizing, nutritious food. Yeah, I agree. Their number one item is that white toddler organic item. Yeah, I see that. With the green lid. That's their number one by far. It's like 90% of their sales. And that's a safe that's a safe bet. I mean, it just has it has a playfulness with their logo. I it has everything kind of written to the side, flush left. Big old new. That's kind of interesting like big new badge on the front. The green circle, like, and then they have their lineup of like certification over to the right. It's got a clean thing. It's got negative space. I think that looks good. I think it feels almost what's everyday 365 or whatever it's called. I almost feel like there could have been a push to make it look like that. So it feels like Whole Foods' brand. It it does look like Whole Foods 365 private label. Yeah, Else Nutrition. Interesting. Anyway, that's who we're going up against. So that's, we, we're very different than, than that. You're going down. You're going down. <laughs> yeah, these guys I'm are going sorry. down, dude. They're going we're down. Terrible. <laughs> no, they, it's, it's all good. So to, to yeah. wrap it up, so you, you, you teach, where do you teach at? What's your school? And tell me more about your students. Cal State University Northridge, baby. My- Cal State, hell yeah. I'm an alumni and got to go back many years ago as like a graduating senior and say like, hey, here's here's what I've done since graduating. And uh, three weeks later, I had a class like it went so fast. They had an emergency. Somebody bailed out of a class, a teacher, and there was no one in the pool. 
They usually have like a pre-approved pool of people ready to go. And that was dry. And so <laughs> next thing I know, I was teaching. It's been nine years and I, I absolutely love it. It's, it's, I teach at night, I'm part-time, and it is the best, whatever your profession is, uh, my advice to people now is like, find a way to mentor or give back in your industry or what you do. Because there are, I mean, you think you're like, oh, a student's got all these online resources and technology is making it so easy to, to learn whatever. It has made it so one-dimensional and it needs people to be that are passionate, that can talk. And, and now that we're back live in person, nothing beats the one-on-one. The, the, I had a guest speaker in last night that just blew the minds. You know, it's like, I want my students to see it's not just me. It's there's so many other creatives, so many people in the industry that can share their, their insight. So to, to see them make moves and like see the kids that are like two or three years out and the jobs they have in our industry, it's incredible. It's so cool. It's so cool. What did that person talk about? It's kind of funny. Very reflective of what we were just talking about. Unconventional branding. Mm-hmm. And are you pushing the envelope? Are you, you know, are, as you, especially as a student, they haven't built up taste yet. It, like we were talking about how taste is like kind of evolves over time. You got to be plugged into blogs, you know, conferences, all these following other designers to know what's good and what's not. And we were talking about this idea that like to stand out, do you do something so 180 and take that risk and see what happens? And can you, and as long as there's rationale and you're backing it by, you're not just giving the client just some random stuff saying, this is what you should do. There's thought behind it and everything. What does that look like? And we looked at brands that are doing it well. And we looked at brands that are not. And so, again, it's like we were saying earlier, there's got to be this little hybrid of unconventional. It's like I said before, surprise and, and familiarity. It's literally, that is the, the solution. You, you find that balance of those two emotions. And that's what I think triggers somebody to want to buy it. So our exercise last night was to make them do the most extreme 180, something you would never design just to release the, those limiters in your mind. And, and it was a, and it was a great experience. Yeah. Cool. It was great. Yeah. That's so helpful for creative thinking to, I I took a writing class and the teacher said, your hand cannot stop moving for the next five minutes. Oh, that's beautiful. I don't care if you're just, it was awesome. And she's like, I don't care what you write. And she goes, you know what? Nothing matters. She goes, nothing matters. She was just basically, she was saying you are being too precious about what you choose to write. And every creative or any writer, you're always precious when you're looking at a blank page thinking whatever I put down here has to be the word of God. And, and, and she broke that for me. And now I feel so much uh, more, more empowered to just be like, wow, this is going to suck, whatever. Maybe it'll be good, but get it out at least just get it out. And, and then, just don't be so precious about what you do. So I'm happy you did that with your students and had them explore and not feel so weird could about. You, could you doodle in between though? Like let's say the lines, your pen's still moving and you you draw like something and then it goes back into like, I would almost think like- Yeah, you can. Yeah, she said you can doodle. Because then I was thinking if I tell my students that you got to draw for 15 or 20 minutes with, without stopping, obviously- It yeah. was just the pen and the paper. Yeah. Oh, it, it can't. it can't release. The pen could not release from the paper. So it was 
handwriting. That was the purpose of the class, but she did say, she's like, if you if you start feeling yourself just like drawing or losing your, she goes, I don't give a shit. And then what, what happened? She literally walked around, took everyone's papers and threw them in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this was the best thing ever. Cause she's like, if it really was a good thought, like it's in you still, and you can like think about it and do this again. And, you know, re- if you really put something there that you really love, you can write it again. And she's like, just stop being precious. And it was great. It was great. That is, okay, we're, we're doing that next week. <laughs> you should do it. Yeah, see what these kids like come up with. And then just, maybe you could just grab them all and put them in the trash or do some joke. But if people really like it, they can grab it. But I'm going to take them outside and light, up, light them on fire. <laughs> yeah, because you're just like, come on, man. Like, you're not that, like, no one's that good where they're just going to nail a, a home run the first try is what she was saying. She's like, you just got to write. That's great. We're doing it. But back, the, the last thing I have to ask you about is with your students, it, it goes back to what you said in the very beginning of this podcast, which was how much of it do you design for the consumer and, and are some categories different? So you said surprise and familiarity. What was it? Surprise and familiarity. So I think there's definitely a trend towards people just wanting Campbell's soup to be Campbell's soup. It's like, quit, quit messing with me. I don't want to think about you. I love your branding. I love your condensed tomato. Just give me that. And then people want maybe some more edgy innovation and ice cream or, or whatever. You see a lot of like novelties being fun and different. How do you teach your students as they approach a category to get knowledge about who buys that category? A lot of times too, we, we're not coming with the market research that maybe some research team did for a big company, right? And we're talking about a fictitious company that they're creating or something. My secret weapon is like the brand archetype. And the brand archetype is if you search that up and you are putting it together, a business plan or whatever, I highly recommend, there's a great book called The the Archetypes in Branding, but you can find all this information live and for free just by doing a Google search. What it does is it makes you think of the brand as a person and a personality. So as an example, you can have the adventurer, you can have the rebel, you can have the lover, the outlaw the pioneer, the jester. And like, for an example, when you think of Skittles and you think of their brand and everything they do, yeah, they're kind of the jester, right? They're this, they're this little sneaky person playing tricks or like Sour Patch Kids, same idea, right? They're always pranking you, right? That kind of thing. Disney is kind of like the magician. If they look at anything they produce, they want you to look at it and be like, how did you create that? What is the secret? Like, you know, that is magic. So picking that from the beginning then that tells you who will be attracted to this. What, what are the things that lure someone to a magical brand, right? It's colors. It's the font choices. It might be, and it's a lot about the copy. So like one thing we did for one company where the outlaw was the archetype, all the copy was like, you can't hold me back. You know, it's like, show me a line and I'm crossing it. Like it was all those things that are like mm-hmm. rebellious. And so I think, that's a cool way to do it where if that builds the persona of the brand, but it also builds the persona of who you're going after. Who, who do you think will buy this product? You know? So with yours, I would say we picked something like the caregiver. That is probably the best thing for anything in this zone. And the caregiver is, you know, is complimentary, is educational, is speaks at a certain way, right? So maybe it's the, the colors we chose and things like that. So if it feels like it's caring, if it feels like, see, I think that's where a lot of these other brands don't 
they don't even have an archetype. They're just, they're just like, they're just simple. Like, I, I, I don't know what else, or they, to me, it's almost like they're holding back their personality. Like, tell me who you are. And, and then I know to buy you. So I, I, I love brands that aren't afraid to show that. And keep in mind, you can make a very elegant thing like the ruler. That is one of my favorite archetypes. Think of brands like Rolex or anything that feels very regal and, you know, with the crown as their logo, right? That whole idea is like, all they've got to do is say, we're simply the best. You know, it's all those, it's the taglines, it's everything else. It's the gold colors they're using. So you pick that and I think you've got a good insight as to who that persona would be when you don't have the market research. Yeah, that's really well said. And I I think that for your category, like outlaw probably works good with salsas and beer and coffee. Outlaw wouldn't work so much with, with serving precious young humans. So our archetype is, I say the helpful coworker. I say caregiver. I say I want to be, and that's Bobby's archetype for sure is, is helpful. And I want to be helpful, straightforward, honest, but more so than anything else, just like really transparent and, and honest. Yeah. And totally helpful. And I, I think caregiver is definitely the colors of the brand for sure. Yeah. Do some research on that. If you guys have never heard that before, it's such it's so cool. There's so much good free information on those and they are great thought starters and they're great to explain to your team. Like, Hey, as we build this product, guys, if we can centralize and focus here, we'll never venture off. Right. We're always going to, I think that's the thing. It's such a peace of mind. You stick to it as a brand owner. It's, Oh yeah. Cause you can get so caught up in the benefits and like, so our main benefit is like we're dairy free or plant-based. So like, we should be green, right? And just leaves and plant-based. And that's what so many people do. And that's where that one retailer may have knocked us a little bit and said, hey, you're a little bit too conventional, but I'd rather be where we're at, which actually has a voice of being helpful than just being like, we are our benefits. Because like, where, where do you go with that after a certain point? You can only scream plant-based so much. It's a super lame term yeah. to like have to trumpet all the time. I'd rather trumpet tally. You look at the cannabis business, like, when that first came out, you had to have this like black thing with a with the a leaf. green leaf, and oh my god! Yeah. And now you have award winning like some of the highest agencies in the world doing these brands for like Snoop and all these other people that have have some money. They, they they're the furthest. And then I think that was a a, a very dis, the decision to say it doesn't have to be that way. Similar like we were saying with EVs. So if you think about it, them saying that the tally was kind of too conventional in, in a ways. Yes, but it's conventional in a way of like everyday product, but we're not going to be conventional and say we're going to be another plant-based food that follows the same traps. So I think that's unconventional in some ways. See, you know what I mean? We didn't take the path of what everyone's saying or feeling they have to do to look like a plant-based alternative. I think we're past that now, and that's the beauty of what we do as branding. I agree. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm trying to bring dairy-free solutions to the millions of dairy-free kids out there. And I'm not trying to just be like a cool plant-based brand. I'm trying to to bring tally into the homes of people that, that need it and access them at, at that more human level. Than- yeah, as a great example, we have locally, there's an incredible vegan restaurant here owned by Travis Barker. And there you go. He's fully vegan, you know, been been forever. There's not one mention a vegan there's the menu says nothing about plant-based meat it just says if you order a pork or i'm sorry like a sausage pizza 
it's all it's sliced roasted, you know, sausage on top of whatever with mozzarella cheese, whatever. It's almost fooling people. Like people walk out and go, like that was all vegan. So he took the conventional route of what a typical restaurant is, but didn't want to brand it plant based, green, have the leaf, and you know, believe in our products, you know, and spell it like leaf. It's like <laughs> you know, it's like right. no, 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 no. Like and I, and me as a vegan who you know, I feel like a lot of times friends and family have to choose something that I I'm going to be okay with. I hate being that burden. I could tell people, let's go here. And they're like, is there something on the menu for you? I'm like, yeah, I think I'll find something. And they don't even know. <laughs> they don't even know. That's, that's, a, that's impressive. It's smart as heck, man. I love that kind of stuff. So I think that's where we got to be. A, a plant-based thing should just be that and, and let it be sit next to everything else that has it and just be another option for you. Yeah, and it comes back to the consumer because the average age of a mom in the United States is 27. And the oldest Gen Z is now just turned 27 this year. And they're the first native plant-based teenagers, right? Like they grew up in their teenage years. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Optioning, right? And so the way I look at it is like the same way you are, which is you're a, an experienced vegan, right? And you're not, you, and no one needs to be told like, oh, you know, you should eat plant-based food. Like you'll make the decision on your own. So where I'm going with this is, all these folks have already made this decision. And so I just want to be right there, right? Not trying to convert anybody to plant-based, but I'm just right there, just to your point, fitting right in that pocket for the dairy-free mother who was a dairy-free teenager. Now you have the brand Tally when you when, when you become a, a mother. Like Tally's right here for you, right? To me, it's a much more natural place to, to be than trumpeting plants all day, every day. Her brand, when she was young, had the big green leaf on it and everything and had to say that and it was only available in certain stores, right? So they've evolved so much. She's now a mother. Like she doesn't need that one on there. She knows where to go. That's that's what I guess why we don't have to have the big green leaf on everything. Yeah, that's exactly how I think of it. But a lot of a lot of brands out there don't feel that way. So we'll see who wins in the end. What's up at school this week? What are your students working on? And you guys probably just kicked off the semester. Yeah, we're in third week and their task was, I was looking for an industry that has completely 180'd since coming back since uh, the shutdowns and everything. And that's like the world of conventions and expos and uh, trade shows. And so environmental design, meaning like signage, directions, you know, how are you controlling crowds with design? Is such a huge new trend that we're seeing a lot in a lot of the job applications and the things that they're going to be looking at. Their task was to come up with an original idea for a new trade show, expo, or conference. They get to choose the entire, you know, theme, the industry, and everything, and they have to name it, brand it, and then create a whole pitch deck for it. Wow! As if it was being considered to go to an investor to invest money in it. That's so cool. Yeah, it's great. That's so great. I love that because you, you're making them not just think about products and you're making them think about literally building an, an experience and branding that experience and what will bring people to that experience and then how you... I'm just picturing like someone saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to do like a robot conference and how all that design would be totally different than I'm going to do a, a flower or bake shop conference, whatever. That's cool. I think one of them is doing kind of like the robot wars, like th- those machines that kind of fight. It's a convention for that. There was one like that. 
it's interesting. I thought it would, they would go so much more tech based and it's not. It's a lot of it's in like fashion. A lot of it's in like cosmetics, cooking. So it's a lot of like, it's really neat to see what choices they came up with. And then it can't just be like, you know, a cooking convention. It has to break into something a little more specific. So one of them's like inspiring more home cooking. Then she changed it even more. She's like, and it'll be very international. It'll be like, there'll be sections in the conference based on cuisine and different ethnicities and stuff like that. So she's, it evolves as they work. And uh, it's really a cool, it's so neat to see. I have 50 students total now. So wow, I have, there's 50 different conferences being created and designed right in front of you. And you're like, damn, this is so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's so much talent out there. I'm sure that the topics they're choosing for the conferences are probably stuff that they're personally interested in as well. So you kind of get a feel for it's the, 50/50. the student. Yeah, some of them know exactly what they want. Like one kid's like, I'm going to go mountain biking. I'm like, great, go with it. You know, that's perfect. But then, then the ones that are suffering or, or can't figure it out, they're like, I, I have so many ideas, whatever. Then I tell them, look at your, your portfolio already. And this gives you a chance to customize this next project you're going to put in there. So if everything you have in there is very fashion or very cosmetic or whatever, I can tell that person, well, maybe you should do something 180. You know, maybe you should, maybe you should do something totally different on what as not only as a challenge, but I, get, I tell my students from the very beginning, either be a generalist or a specialist, pick which one you want to do. Generalist is fine. You can, you could be a jack of all trades. You can be a Swiss army knife. I think that's what a lot of people are looking for, especially if you don't have a strong specialty, like some kids do great illustrations. Some kids are incredible at hand lettering. So I tell them that's your specialty, run with it. But if they don't know, and one girl even picked something so out of her wheelhouse that was just so neat. And she's happy because it's like, it's challenging her creative mind. But she's like, I don't know what to yeah, do. Yeah, like doing a construction materials conference. Like for something. architects or something, an architectural one. I'm like, go with it. Like that's that's perfect. Some of them do some that are a little like, I've had a few that one of them was all about like, it was like a witch's convention. And I was like, and I was like, I don't want to say no, but just <laughs> right. remember that you're, you're going to be spending a good three months on this. It's going to be a big part of your portfolio. Do you feel comfortable presenting that to the jobs and the companies you want to work for? And she's like, absolutely. I'm like, then go with it. Like, you know what I mean? Hell yeah. Yeah. No, that's funny. If she said, I don't know, I would have been like, <laughs> <laughs> right, but you're going to be opening up this witches convention in front of, you know, Pepsi or who, whoever. I said something like you're stirring the cauldron and she goes, "That's a great tagline." And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'm not trying to encourage this. I'm, I'm not trying to encourage this. But it came out great. It was called the she called it the witching hour. And nice. She toned it down. It was more like if you're a, a fan of the more the fantasy of it. And it really, it was really cool. It was like, and, and as a teacher, you got to be like, Hey, that might not be my, my area of expertise or of interest, but, uh, you know, sell me on it. That's probably a better route to go than actual witches. Like, do you want, want to be a witch? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Freak people out. Well, Hey, Nick Longo, longodesigns.com. He's, he's the best. Thanks so much for, for joining us today. I really appreciate your Thanks, time. Thanks, Kyle, dude. It was great to talk to you guys more in this fashion, you know, and we should do it more often. Yeah. I, I can't wait till we can actually hang in the same city one time. That would be fantastic sooner than later. Oh yeah. It won't be long, hopefully. All right. See you, Nick. <laughs>